My name is Maggie. I am 30 years old. My name is Stan. I am 35 years old. My name is Aaron. I'm 37 years old. My name is Cece. I'm 44 years old. My name is Laura. I'm 37 years old. My name is Shannon. I'm 48 years old. My name is Trish. I'm 49 years old. I'm Ellen. I'm 41 years old. My name is Karen. I am 50 years old. My name is Kathleen. I am 60 years old. I am an adult Irish dancer. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Thank God it's Friday. Technically, I'm unemployed, and I'm still excited it's Friday. You can be excited it's Friday no matter what. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. My name is Jen Clark. I am your host, and this is episode number nine. I I wish I could say that nine is my lucky number um, because my birthday is on September 9th, so it's always been 9-9, but I really haven't had any luck with the number, so I say it's my lucky number, but I don't really think it is, so hopefully this will be my lucky podcast, but either way, thank you so much for joining me. I am coming to you from sunny Tucson, Arizona, where there is somebody doing yard work in the distance, and I apologize if you can hear that. It's usually pretty quiet here. It's one of the things I've enjoyed about moving here from the Midwest is that um, there is not a constant symphony of people mowing their lawn because there is no grass. Um, But man, in the Midwest, I'd say right around 8 o'clock in the morning, it's just an all-day revolution of people mowing their lawn and and the second somebody stops another one starts so um actually to hear somebody doing yard work is very strange around here but happy to be with you uh regardless of where you are in the united states or in the world thank you so much for being here Today we are talking to Sarah Waters. She is an adult Irish dancer based out of Ireland where adult Irish dancing is actually a pretty new development. Um, So I'm really excited to talk to her about that. She was actually a contact from our website, adultirishdancepodcast.com. You can always email me just like Sarah did, info at adultirishdancepodcast.com. Dot com. So she is going to be our interview this week. Very excited to hear about that. I wasn't aware that adult Irish dancing is a fairly new thing overseas. So that's really exciting. And uh, I can't wait to talk to her. So we'll be talking to her soon. One of the things we like to do every single week here on the Adult Irish Dancers podcast is talk to adult Irish dancers um, online. And I love asking questions and getting answers. I don't know if that sounds cheesy, but it's just something uh, from my radio days I've loved to do, um, you know, getting feedback from people online because people tend to be a little bit more open online, as I'm sure you know, than they are in person. Um, But, you know, that's not a bad thing, I think, when when you're having a civil conversation. And that's one of the things we had this week on Facebook. Um, You know, I know that we don't like to have regrets, and it's not really healthy to have regrets and all that stuff. But we do all have things we would like to go back and change. it's, It's human nature. And this week, we asked if you could go back in time and change one thing about your Irish dance career, what would it be? Megan says, my teachers rushed me through the levels and always put me in the advanced class before I was at that level. It wasn't until I dropped down that I really started to improve. I wish I had taken my time and spent more time on basics before I got to the tough stuff. It's an interesting comment from Megan because, um, you know, you probably feel honored that your teachers are moving you up so fast because they see something in you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are at that level yet. And, And obviously, Megan saw that in her dance career early on. 
Cass said, I would push myself to be more outspoken on my mental health needs and fight harder to not let my health be compromised when trying to meet standards put forth by teachers who didn't acknowledge mental health struggles. That's a tough one, Cass, um, because I think, as we've all figured out, mental health has finally become the forefront of the conversation, and it wasn't always that way. And I don't really blame anybody in the past for not acknowledging mental health struggles because it wasn't a thing like we just we didn't talk about it um so I I get that that's tough when you've got a teacher who won't acknowledge mental health struggles but um you know if you're having a night and you can't dance you can't dance you have to be in the right headspace to dance and if you're not you're not going to do your best and you might as well just you know might as well wait the opportunity will be there again tomorrow Cecile says, I wish I had done more injury prevention and taken better care and a bit more rest when I did get injured. The thing is, even saying that today, I still don't do it very much. Oh, Cecile, most relatable comment of the day. We, we all look back and say, man, I should have rested more. I should have taken care of myself more. I should have rehabbed more. And um, fully knowing that, you know, if you hurt yourself tomorrow, you probably won't do all those things again. So, you know, self-awareness is a good thing. Emily says, I wish I started sooner. Late bloomer at age 28. Megan says this too. Sarah says, yep, late starter at 32. Lila says, same thing. Uh, That's something interesting I found with adult Irish dancers. And I am one of the, I almost wish I, I hadn't started as a kid and then come back to it. Because I wonder what it would have been like to start just plainly as an adult. Because I feel like there are things I can do in Irish dance now that um, I can do because I started as a kid and I kind of learned that muscle memory, that that movement as a child, um, because I know there are a lot of people who can't do a lot of moves because, you know, they started in their late 20s or 30s. Uh, Melissa says, I wish I could have danced champs. I started when I was 25. None of the schools I attended would support it. Now I'm 47 and they're having adult champ competitions, but I'm much older and break easier. Oh, that's so tough, Melissa. And I, I sympathize with you so much because the world of adult Irish dance has changed in such a good way, but not quite in time for everybody. Kim says, I regret not leaving my old dance school earlier after I kept hearing I was too old to learn certain steps. That's tough, Kim. That's real tough because you want to stay with somebody who's giving you a chance, even if they don't really believe in you because you're afraid to go somewhere else. Change is hard and change is scary. Patricia says, I saw Irish dance for the first time at the age of 13, way before river dance, but it took me another 13 years to get to my first class. The once in your life you'll try to do this didn't translate into action. I regret not having started earlier. Aaron says, I wish I hadn't taken a decade off. Dominica says, be brave, change the school. When I was a teenager, I might have more success and less regrets, but also lose out on amazing opportunities that quit after. Stevie says, I wish I had not quit at 15. Allie says, I try not to have regrets in my life. My wish would be to have known about Irish dance when I was a kid. I could have filled the gaping hole of losing my gymnastic dreams to injury, given me a community to grow up with and keep me active. Lots of starting sooners. Alicia, Lisa, uh, Heather says, I wish I would have started sooner. Kat says, it's not a regret, but a realization and recognition of growth. My self-confidence. Coming back as an adult after 15 years, I lacked any confidence. Others were so much better than me. Younger dancers could do more difficult techniques. I lacked confidence for years. After some life-altering surgery, I said, F it, <laughs> I'm a good dancer. I can stand my ground with anyone else. Maybe I can't or shouldn't do everything younger dancers can do, but I'll give it a try. Changing my mindset changed my entire dance experience. 
Mary says, I would have accepted how my body looks. I felt so much pressure to be skinnier, even though I was already skinny and it caused me to get weak and frail. Oh, Mary, talk about this for hours. I am uh, a recovering bulimic myself since I was 15 years old. Something I've done and I'm not proud of it. And I've been in therapy for a long time. And I just recently started sharing pictures from feshes um, because, you know, a fesh picture is either great or it's really bad. Um, Same thing in the running community. I found that, uh, you know, your your finish line pictures are either awesome and you're like in midair with your hands up and smiling or your your body kind of looks like a lava lamp and you've got a weird look on your face. I mean, there's no in between. But yeah, I just recently started sharing even the bad fesh pictures, you know, where I, I feel like I look fat or I feel like I've got a funny look on my face. You know, still, I'm in the middle of a dance and that's that's going to happen. And, and Mary, I, I so sympathize. Lots of comments about health and, and physical health. Um, Patricia says, I wish I had pushed to get better medical care and rehab after a dance injury to my foot and ankle. It's resulted in an unstable midfoot and a rigid big toe that affects my ability to improve as a dancer. These comments are great, and there's literally so many that I, I, I can't read them all uh, on, on our podcast here, but wonderful, wonderful feedback. And I think I'm going to put this up at a blog at adultirishdancepodcast.com. I'm just going to copy and paste people's answers because I, I would love for you to read the feedback on this because um, it's very relatable. So thank you again to everybody who chimed in on our conversation this week. You can check out uh, all the comments at adultirishdancepodcast.com. We are going to be right back with Sarah Waters. She's our guest this week on the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. My name is Jen Clark. I'm your host. Super excited to be here today with Sarah Waters. Sarah, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Jen. Very good. Thank you for being here with me. I know we have quite the time difference going on. What time is it uh, by you? You're in Ireland, correct? Yes, in Ireland. So it's 8.15 on a Thursday evening in Ireland. So yes, just the end of the day here now. So um, nice sunny day still. So it's uh, it's good to chat though. That's great. Yeah, it's 12, uh, 12.16 here in Arizona. And I, I think I, I mentioned this in my email to Sarah that I don't know why, but time changes just perplex me. And I am so glad we were able to yes. organize this and do it on time. <laughs> So again, thanks for being here. And um, why don't you just uh, take a minute to introduce yourself? Uh, like I said, you know, tell us where you're at in Ireland, when you start, okay. who you dance for, all that stuff. Yes, no problem. So um, it's great to be here anyway. So delighted to have the opportunity um, to speak to adult, adult Irish dancers globally. So I'm based in Limerick. Limerick is in the southwest of Ireland, um, quite near to Shannon Airport, actually, and the University of Limerick as well. So maybe dancers are familiar with um, the University of Limerick because it offers a great course in the Irish Music and Dance Academy. So I'm really close to that. I'm only about five kilometers away. Um, I, like most kind of young Irish girls, I suppose I would have started dancing at the age of five or six. Um, just because my parents sent me, it was a very popular pastime amongst um, girls in particular. And I went to a dance school called the Charles Moore School of Dancing here in Limerick. So every village, town, city in Ireland would have had some access to an Irish dance class, usually in a hall, below, you know, beside a church or um, in a gym or a sports hall. So um, all my friends were there as well. And I danced, I suppose, from the age of five to 12. Um, dancing back when I danced, so it was about 30 years ago when I started, 
really different to today. Um, it was all very traditional in terms of the costumes and even in terms of dances. So it was really, you know, basic kind of stuff with your easy reels, your light jigs, your slip jigs, your single jigs. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, what I enjoyed most, I suppose, about it was that I was with my friends and that we had a great camaraderie in the dance school overall. So when I was about 12 or 13, then we started what's known here as secondary school, which is equivalent to high school. Um, I kind of stopped dancing. There was a transition um, in terms of teachers at the school. So I went for, I suppose, maybe a year, but then decided, look, I'd pursue other things. So I started doing a bit of running, a bit of tennis. Um, so I didn't really dance, but I still really loved it. Um, so anything on the media, anything I saw that was Irish dance related, I'd always have a great interest in. So it was always there and the desire to return at some point in my life. Um, you know, I was always looking for opportunities to attend a class or to maybe watch something, you know, on the television about it. So, you know, river dance and that era as well. So obviously, you know, very exciting time. So then when I was 30, um, I found an adult Irish dance class in the area. Now, interestingly, in Ireland, actually, it's very, in, it's really in its infancy here. Um, I attend Scully Rourke at the moment now, and they be one of the only adult Irish dance classes um, in this area. There's a couple spread around Ireland, but that is probably, you know, maybe... I'd say there's probably less than 10 with a lot of with a lot of adult members in it. So um, I was really excited um, when I saw that there was one in my local area. Um, so I joined up with that and I just basically, I, you know, it was such a good decision because immediately when I went back into it, everything was familiar again. So you go in and you hear an easy read, a light jig and like you just feel such a sense of, you know, excitement and even just to walk in and hear the music and to join in with the other dancers and just to come back at the adult level when you want to be there. So no one is forcing you to go there. It's just something you really love to do. Um, I just found that it was such a really good way of engaging with people and also, you know, to bring me back to something that I really love doing as well. So I'm there now for 10 years. Um, at that particular school, so Scully Rourke. Um, we have some great teachers there, some great adult dancers as well. Um, and the good thing is, is they range from age 20 to age 60. So I find that actually, you know, part of the real benefit of going that you meet people from all walks of life. You have from grandmothers to people who just graduated college um, to young parents like myself. So I have two boys myself. So I find that it's a very sporting house, so the dancing is a great outlet for me, and it's my thing, and I do that one night a week, and uh, more if I could, but it's, you know, it's amazing how much, when you find something you love, that it doesn't really feel like you're, you know, you're working out, or that you're, yeah, so I continue to do that to this day, and yeah, as I said, it's, um, it's a great class, and it's, you know, we're always getting new adults there, some people drop out, come back again, but yes, I'm, um, I'm really enjoying it and we're progressing then through our dances and our grades in particular. So we're kind of working on our grades at the moment because obviously with COVID, there's not too many feshes taking place now. Yeah, it is a great time to work on grades. I've seen a lot of people take that on in the last year with the pandemic. Um, mm. and I think it's very, your story is very common where a lot of people um, as they enter uh, secondary school or high school or whatever you um, call it, wherever you're from, uh, you know, there's so many available activities 
at that level that a lot of people, you know, a lot of teenagers have to choose, you know, between things they've been doing for a long time. And yes. then, wow, like you said, you've got running and you've got, you know, tennis and sports and theater and band and orchestra, you know, you've got mm -hmm. all these choices. So I think your story is very common that, you know, you, you had new options and you wanted to explore them and kind of put the dance to the side. But yeah, I think a lot of people definitely come back to it. One of the things about your email that, and you just said it too, that is so fascinating to me is that you said um, adult Irish dance classes in Ireland are, are, are fairly new. Why do you think that is? Um, and I, you know, I have no theories on this myself, yeah. but I had no idea that like, this is a new thing overseas. Yes, yeah, so um, I think, so really, I suppose there hasn't really been, um, you know, a desire to kind of start them off as such from the adult community. So it's only when you kind of, when you see it there, right? So for example, me in my case, so I really, as I mentioned there to you, like it was something I really loved. And I'd say if I had to choose any type of sport activity, it would be that, there isn't any doubt. So when I actually saw it advertised then, I thought, this is amazing. I never thought there'd be this opportunity there. So I think really it's just when people people don't really realize that this is something that they can do or engage in and I think once one or two started up then people who danced years ago thought yeah it'd be great to get back to it or you know and the other thing as well is I think with adults in particular right um the confidence levels like I remember being a child right and I'd be shown a step and I'd go up there and I'd just say I, I know it and I might be shown it once now I have to nearly have it perfect or oh no I can't do that or you know I think as a child when you're doing anything new your confidence is quite high and you don't see some of the barriers that we see as adults so for example like I often say oh I can't do that move or that step is too complicated when in fact I just get up there and try and I'd be really surprised at how it would actually work out for me so as a child, those kind of things in the back of your mind don't exist as, as much. Whereas adults say, oh, I'm not going back to that class. I might not be able to. Or, you know, it's this kind of maybe attitude that we have when we get a bit older. It's like anything we learn as an adult um, seems to be much easier as a child. So I think there's a bit of that in it too, that we feel that, okay, we did it as a child, but oh, my legs aren't the same. Or, you know, I won't get to pick up that step. Or I think people put obstacles in their way a little bit, um, maybe, and just decide, I oh, know it's not really something for me. Whereas I just felt, look, um, you know, maybe I don't have to be perfect. Maybe I just go out and try and do my best and it will work out some way. So I think there's a little bit of that in it too, that, you know, a bit hesitant, a bit of a lack of confidence in their ability and maybe just trying to be a bit more, you know, perfect as they go back. Whereas I think it's open to all levels and I think there's definitely space for everyone, age, standard, you know, whatever their goals are. So I think maybe there's a little bit of that in it, that it's just hesitation to take that step to get that on the dance. Is, that's so interesting. And I never thought of it that way. And now I find it hilarious that, you know, it's true yeah. as kids, we have all the confidence in the world when really we have no reason to, because we don't have yeah. that much life experience. And then we become adults and we are even less sure of ourselves when now we have the life experience to be a little more confident. So that's, that's interesting. I never thought of it, but it, it, that's yeah. totally true. Um, what, no, I even, I, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say for a fesh, right? So for example, I, I'd do feshes now, right? And I'd go on stage and I would be, 
the steps would be perfect. I would do them in class every night and I'd be very confident that, you know, I have them polished. But then I go on stage and the nerves and like, why are you like this? Like, this is an opportunity. It's <laughs> enjoying it. But I'm still, I still get so nervous. And, you know, no matter how much you try to do your self-talk side stage and you kind of work on that a bit, it's still something that I never had as a child. Like, I just never saw anything like, oh, the music certain time. Will I be able, will I be able to do the countdown from the eight bars? And yeah, it's just, you know, it was surprising. It was something I never felt as an adult. I'd have to actually deal with it. Um, but yeah, so it's um, it's good. I mean, it's a good challenge to face up to and to try and overcome because it really does stand you in other life experiences as well. For example, oh, public absolutely. speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, you're totally right. And I, I don't know why. And I feel, yeah. I feel the same way that I, I swear to you, I hate every minute leading up to a fish. Uh, I'm sorry, mm. let me rephrase that. I I feel the same way in that I hate every minute leading up to a fesh. I hate the practicing. I, and it's not that I hate the dancing, but it's, I think it's just a confidence thing for me. Yes. And, but then when I'm done, I feel so good that I did it. And I already, I, I always know that feeling's coming, but getting to it can be really, really hard. So um, I, I totally get that. So you said um, you have been doing some feshes. Obviously there haven't been a lot in the last year, but what level are you at and where have you competed at? Yeah, so um, in Ireland, right, just to go back to how we operate here, so because the numbers are quite low, right, so they sometimes have adult competitions um, once the main competitions at the FESH are complete, so usually kind of in the evening time at the FESH, um, and they what they would do is have an under 35 and over 35 category. Now, it's not graded on levels, right, so obviously that's, you know, a bit of a concern if you have beginners mixed in with more advanced dancers, so maybe that's something you need to look at here because it is tough for somebody beginning to win with someone who's doing more advanced steps or you know but the numbers aren't here at the moment so that's the concern there so really we haven't really kind of developed the fetishes for adults in Ireland so it's something that I hope kind of CLRG which is the organization I'm in will probably look at doing soon um, and maybe actually that might encourage more people to participate in Irish dance if it is graded you know particularly at the uh primary intermediate levels as such um, so what we do as a school is we actually compete in Europe so your mainland European dancing has really taken off in the last 10 years um, there are schools in Germany Russia Norway France um, a lot more countries and we attend one fesh each year so those feshes are graded and they have age levels as well so it kind of works on the age for example 25 to 30 30 to 35 maybe over 35 and over 40 so they have all the levels. They have um, beginner, primary and intermediate. So I dance at the intermediate level of my age group. Um, so I had to advance in some of the dances, obviously go through the, the two previous grades to go into intermediate. And then sometimes they do an adult championship as well, um, which is open to anyone kind of in the intermediate grade as such to compete there. So we've been to, um, in the last few years, we've been to Feshes in London. Um, we've been to Milan. We've been to Munich and there is really good um, takeoff from European dancers, especially in the adult competition. So um, it's really good to attend them. They're really well organized. And also it's, um, it's a great opportunity kind of for the beginner dancers to compete at their actual kind of beginner level as well. Um, so usually, yeah, as I said, once a year and 10 to 12 dancers from the school would attend that. And we'd usually go for the weekend. So we fly from Dublin to one of the European cities and we make a weekend out of it. So it really is, it's a great, it's a great trip and one we all look forward to, but also it does um, encourage dancers to have particular goals for that fish as well. 
So, for example, if you want to advance out of a certain grade and, you know, you work on that dance and break it down and just try and um, try and set some targets for yourself, actually, to achieve. And then you may go to the fetch and, yeah, it's, um, as I said, it's really well organized in Europe and we always really enjoy it. So um, that trip is, you know, really anticipated on an annual basis by our school. Do you feel like CLRG is a little bit behind on the adult competitions because I'm I was part of CLRG when I danced um, as a teenager and in my 20s and uh, the last couple of years I've been competing for WIDA and I've definitely seen CLRG kind of um, advance in having more adult competitions in fact I've got some friends coming to Phoenix which is about an hour and a half north of here for the nationals um, in July and I'm going to go up and see them but do you feel like um, CLRG has been a little bit kind of lagging in the adult competitions uh, uh, over in Europe? Yeah, well, I think it's quite good in mainland Europe, right? But that's probably because there is a higher population of adult dancers there. Um, So, you know, you do have good amount of competitions there and good grading there. And I'd be happy with what it's done there. I think for Ireland, we could probably do... Now, we don't have the numbers. That's the other side of it as well. So we haven't got a huge population of adult dancers as such. But if we did have maybe the competitions that may encourage more people to participate as well, it's quite hard to know, actually, um, whether that's why people don't participate in adult dancing. Um, but I would like to definitely see maybe one or two feshes a year that run irrespective, you know, on in Ireland as such. So there was one in Dublin, but I'm not sure if that ran this year or the previous year now. But I do think that would help to get the numbers up. But definitely, I think for Europe, things have significantly improved and particularly mainland Europe, where there is a large uptake actually in numbers for adult dancing. So I have to kind of definitely welcome that and uh, maybe just hope that we'd follow suit here as yeah. um, as more people take it up or, you know, as we try to grow the numbers, I suppose, at this level. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's, it's all about the numbers. I mean, you yeah. know, I understand that organizations, you know, they're not going to offer an adult competition if they don't have an mm-hmm. adult you know, enough adults signing up so that, you know, it's, it's supply and demand. So I I totally understand that. What is your, um, your personal, what are your personal goals for Irish dance? Like what, what is the highest level you'd like to get to? I mean, do you have aspirations or are you just kind of going with the flow right now? So, um, as I said to you, you know, previously, so I do compete in some of the um, kind of open championship competition. So I suppose like I, I'm kind of working on a couple of, particularly now at the moment, right, a horn pipe. So um, I'm trying to work on some of the dances I do at, you know, those competitions and drill them down a bit. So, you know, take it step by step now and maybe bits that I know I'm not doing as best I can as such. So break them down and try and drill them and try and get them right. Like, so if I'm not happy with, okay, a rock in this step, right? That, you know, the legs aren't tight enough or I need to get up higher on the toes. So what I'm trying to focus on is that at the moment. So just to kind of add the finishing touches to some of the steps. And then when I do go and compete then say at the intermediate level, I like to try and place a bit higher maybe in those dances or, yeah, or even at the championship, maybe try to get in, you know, top five or six or, you know, so I do have goals like that. But what I'm trying to focus on now in the absence of a lot of competition is actually to work on individual steps and as I said kind of break them down find ways like of improving so like I'm not happy with you know how high I am my toes at a certain point um and I know that because sometimes when you're dancing you can feel it and you say okay look I can do better here and 
I'm trying to find ways to actually improve that and just to drill it down a bit further and just get advice from the teachers as well as to maybe, you know, just look at a step, um, see overall how it looks, whether I'm moving enough on stage, whether I'm in the right position, whether I'm facing out front enough. So just those little things, I think, as part of my dancing that will help to improve maybe placings. Um, just to try and work on that now, maybe just, and then when I go to the next fetch, then just to see the impact that has, I suppose, on, you know, on the results or whether I feel that I have improved um, based on how I dance there. So yeah, there's a lot of patience in adult Irish dancing. Uh, yeah. you, like you said, you know, you, you gotta, you have to kind of fail at something and then mm. fix it and, and wait for the next competition to know if you did enough to yeah. correct what you were, what you were judged on. I want to go back to something you said, cause it's absolutely fascinating to me. You said that, um, right now, or, or I, I don't know if you said in general or, um, but you mm. said that the adult competitions, um, a lot of them are just 35 and under and 35 and up. Yeah. And there's no, so there's no level. So you could have a beginner competing against like a prelim champ. Is that how that works? Yeah, now, so they would have, say, they would have two reels, right? So, for example, you might have a beginner's reel. So if you were a more advanced dancer, you wouldn't compete in that section. So usually what you do is you just compete in the, it would be called a beginner and advanced reel. So they would offer those two competitions and similarly for a slip jig as well. So they'd offer a beginner slip jig and an advanced slip jig. So they would have separate competitions there with the intention being that beginners only compete in the okay. beginner one okay. and the more advanced dancers but they wouldn't do that for every dance. So things like a light jig or a single jig, not necessarily. But to be honest, the beginners would just do maybe those two dances to start anyway. Um, but it's not always at every fish. As I was saying there, there's no real script here for competition. So um, it's difficult to know. You have to look at the schedules you know, of competitions in advance. Um, but you would have probably one or two dances as a beginner that would only contain beginner entries in that section. That's fascinating. Yeah, oh my gosh. I, I had no idea. So Sarah, what do you, what do you wear for competitions and what, what do you like to wear for competitions? There may be a difference between the two. Yeah. So, um, I love wearing, right. just kind of a black skater type dress. Um, so long kind of sheer sleeves on it, very light material on it. So, um, not anything with any weight at all. So I think, I think I heard you say in another podcast, actually, as we get older, we don't like big heavy dresses yes. and that way yeah. So I'd be definitely fully in agreement with that. Um, so I kind of add design to it though. So I probably add kind of some, um, diamantes to it, or maybe a little bit of color. So I might have a black dress, but add a little bit of green or a little bit of red on it as well. Um, maybe up around the neck area, maybe a little bit on the sleeve. So at the moment I have one with kind of green on the sleeves and just on the neck area as well. Um, so I like that because it's quite light and it's very easy to dance in. Um, and we always wear the black tights with it as well. So because it's, you know, above the knee and it would be considered, I suppose, kind of short enough, um, I would always wear the black tights as well. So um, I really prefer actually to what traditionally I would have worn say all those years ago dancing and I feel very comfortable in it so I think we've way more flexibility as adults as well as to what we wear um, and we can wear things that would suit our own kind of body shape and figure and our own preferences as well so I like that, that you don't have to be too self-conscious it's not directed to you what to wear you actually have you know we can be creative and flexible um, in yes. what you choose 
Oh, I know. I, I absolutely love that aspect of it. And that's something that's changed a lot. When I, I quit dancing in 2006 and took a break until um, when I became a mom. And then I took a break until I think it was 2017 when I started again. Uh-huh. And yeah, I was amazed at my first fesh at how, you know, it's, it's preference now. There aren't as many rules about what adults can wear. And, and I totally empathize with the heavy dress um and it's hard because like you feel so excited about earning your solo dress and you're like you know that's something I worked really hard for but man are they just incredibly heavy and uncomfortable and I just had the sleeves taken off of my solo dress um and they put put sheer sleeves on them and I'm so excited to see what kind of difference that makes but but you're right yeah no I, I I like how we can pick what works for us and our bodies and you know it's it's I think it's most important to feel comfortable because if you're worried about your dress or your hair or you know that that takes away from your dancing so so much so actually yeah that you mentioned hair now um that was a particular kind of in Ireland in particular right so the wigs the whole concept of wigs and the image they had it was always something people used as you know oh Irish dancing it's all about the high wigs and the hair and it was something people picked up on as such you know they were a lot of people were saying we shouldn't wear them here and is it right to have young kids you know that are 11 12 wearing a lot of you know wigs and very kind of high hair and styled in a certain way so that did get a lot of media coverage in Ireland actually um particularly in the last year or so so that was something as adults then that we like a lot of people don't wear wigs here as adults so maybe some people competing in European fetishes do as such but here it's really people kind of tend to keep their hair down as such or just add a bit of height to it but wigs are are not very popular here for adult dancers so um yeah just thought I'd mention that because it might be different to what you've experienced you know to date yeah it, it seems yeah. kind of 50 50 um mm. at least at the competitions I've been at and I I wear a wig every time simply because um I don't want to have to deal with my actual <laughs> hair um, yeah. my hair is kind of all over the place some days it's curly some days it's not and the last thing I want to worry about is my hair however I feel like the wig is just as much pressure and they're, they've gotten so heavy. Like they're yes. just, even the short ones are heavy. And, you know, even my, my bun cover is heavy and I'm, you know, if I'm not worried about my, my natural hair, then I'm worried about my wig. So I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm totally, I don't think I have any opinion on wigs because I'm sometimes I love them and sometimes I hate them, but, but that's interesting. And that is something I've noticed you know, watching Instagram videos of European competitions that, yeah, you know, wigs are not as big overseas. And and you mentioned something interesting too about, um, you know, wearing tights and the length yes. of dresses. Um, how do you feel? And this is just kind of a personal opinion. Um, mm. I'm, and I, you know, I hate to sound old and crotchety, but I am, you know, absolutely floored at how short the dresses have gotten for, for, I want to say kids, but you know, younger dancers. Um, and, and, you know, here we are as adults trying to cover it up. How do you feel about how the style of Irish dance has evolved? 
Yeah, so I like I would I would agree with you there. Like I do think they are quite short now as well, and also quite tight as well, actually. Um, so they're really built to fit the dancer's body as such. So there isn't really much room to, you know, as teenagers, it, children are very self-conscious and developing. Um, and I think sometimes that can be hard for people because they may feel look, I'm not as thin as my friend, or I'm conscious about this part of me. And it, they don't really have much room for, you know, somebody to have a little bit of more flexibility built into the such so I think that might be you know difficult um, especially when they're growing up and developing and you know bodies are changing particularly on young girls in particular um, so I, I do like I, I yeah I do think that could, could be challenging um, but I do feel like for for adults as such like that like I'm really happy kind of wearing the tights as well um, I understand you know if people prefer the socks and that way then I that's fine it's just a personal preference for me because I like the tights and I know the exact pair I wear and how they feel to dance in. And, you know, I'm, it's something less to worry about. Like, as you said, similar to the wigs, it's kind of something that I know will be fine on the day. Um, and I just think that it sits well with the dresses that we wear. So I think that's a huge advantage in, in the adult world that we can kind of have these things that, that help us and that kind of make us more confident going out on stage as well. Um, so I like that. I think sometimes as a child or a younger dancer, it's very prescribed as to what you have to wear. You know, you're competing and yeah. all the top dancers or all the dancers at your level are, there's a certain recipe that really you need to follow. And uh, the pressure is quite high, I think, to conform to that at times. So, um, yeah, I think that can be a challenge. That's funny you say that about fesh tights that you have the pair that you wear because I realize that I do the same thing. And when I moved um, from Michigan to Arizona, it took me about three and a half days. And I basically just moved with a car full of stuff. And one of the things I moved with, I mean, I brought for some reason, I haven't even taken an Irish dance class since I moved, but I brought my dress and my wig and my shoes. And I brought my one pair of fesh tights because I didn't want them getting <laughs> packed in with other things. I'm like, I don't want to lose my favorite pair of fesh tights even though yes. I know someday there will be a huge run in them and I'll have to trash them but yeah no I realize I've got mm. I do the same thing I've got my one pair of fesh <laughs> tights that I absolutely love and and then, yeah I think you know with tights and socks and dresses and and skirts and wigs and no wigs I think it's all you know you're gonna end up worrying about one thing or another you know yes. I, I always yeah. worry that my tights are gonna roll down but then if I'm mm. not wearing tights I worry that my socks are gonna roll down and it's it's tough yeah. but I, I I do like the variety we have as adult Irish dancers so um what would you say are, are your favorite and least favorite things about being an adult Irish dancer um, my favorite things, I think, is the fact that you can um, set your own goals and work towards your target. So, um, as I was saying previously, you know, it's nice to be able to, you know, as an adult, when you have your steps, right, that your steps sometimes are, they, they suit you as a dancer, right? So, sometimes as a child, it's about, okay, can you incorporate the latest move into your dance or can you, you know, complete this and it's all on to the next level of difficulty. I think for adults, we have a bit more flexibility to build our steps to suit what we are able to do. So it's, you know, it can be challenging because like, we can't do what, what's out there at the moment in terms of, say, 
you know, block or on point or whatever is the latest thing is, but you can modify your steps to include things that you're particularly good or strong at. So um, I really do find that that's, um, that I like that aspect of adult Irish dancing, you know, that you're not always under pressure to do what's out there at the moment or the latest thing. Um, you can incorporate into your own steps or your own dance exactly what you're really good or strong at. So um, I really enjoy that about it. Yeah. So what is your least favorite thing about being an adult Irish dancer? Uh, my least favorite thing is something I kind of said earlier there that I think that we kind of strive, like for me anyway, that sometimes I strive for perfection in terms of what I do. Yes. So it's like I have this attitude, if you can't do perfectly, then, oh, it's terrible. Or, you know, it's one or the other. Whereas I think that sometimes we need to be a bit easier on ourselves. So I think we sometimes look and we're a little bit critical instead of saying, yeah, you did that really well, or that's a big improvement on last time. So... Um, you know, I think really to be, I'm trying to take the attitude now that I'm really lucky to be able to do this, um, that this is an opportunity for me that not a lot of people may have. Um, and, you know, whatever I do and partake in, that this is progress like, and this is, you know, getting me closer towards my goals or, you know, basically, I suppose as well, it's a, it's, it's a challenge and it's nice to have something that challenges you in terms of personal growth as well um so i think that's uh for me anyway that's that's quite important as well so um yeah i like the appreciation aspect you mentioned because for me personally um, my mom is disabled she's had multiple sclerosis okay. since i was seven and you know i don't remember a time that she didn't walk Mm. without assistance and I think it's something that's all and my husband tells me this all the time he's like well you know it's like almost a sense of guilt but it's more for me it's more of a sense of you know I'm I'm so lucky to be able to yes. do something like Irish dance when there are so many people that can't for various reasons whether it's a handicap or, or financial or location but yeah you know appreciating just the fact that you're able to do it even if you're not that great at it just the yes <laughs> in any aspect. That's a, that's a wonderful thing to touch on. And I'm so glad you mentioned it. Sarah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. Thank you so much for listening and reaching out. It's always fun to talk to another adult Irish dancer. Um, I feel like we have so much more in common than we realize. And, and that's why I love this podcast because, you know, we are able to relate with each other from all different parts of the world. So Sarah, I hope to meet you in person someday yes. maybe at a fesh, and, and good luck on all your competitions. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Jen. It was great to talk to you. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. My name is Jen Clark, and big, big thank you to Sarah for being on the podcast this week. Really great to talk to somebody overseas. Um, I, I think we we get so involved in our little Irish dance bubble that we forget things are different in different places, and um, it's interesting to hear what it, Irish dance is like. for. Uh, and it's interesting to hear what adult... And it's interesting to hear what Irish dance is like for adult Irish dancers um, overseas. So thank you so much for reaching out. And I am always looking for podcast guests. I mean, you know, to pull back the fourth wall a little bit. Sometimes you contact people you really want to interview and they don't get back to you. Michael Flatley, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I did contact him, not for an interview, but haven't heard back yet. So boo. Um, can't imagine that he's busy or anything, but yeah, you know, sometimes you, you reach out for interviews and people don't get back to you. A lot of people are just nervous about talking on a podcast. So I'm always, 
looking for uh, people to be my guests on the show. Um, I like to have a backlog. I like to have a list made up instead of frantically trying to find somebody each week. Um, So I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to be a guest or you know somebody that you would like to hear from. I had a couple of emails about that this week. Um, A a couple of uh, people who said, hey, I would love if you had so-and-so as a guest on your show. You can email me at info at adultirishdancepodcast.com. Our podcast is available on Google, Amazon Music, Beat, the Fesh app, Beat the Fesh Music app, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. So however you're listening, thank you so much for being here, and I will be back to talk to you next week. Get in touch with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com. Have a great week, everybody. My name is Caitlin. I'm 31 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Crisp. I'm 45 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I'm Erica. I'm 30 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. Hi, my name is Patty. I'm 56 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Marcel. I am 47 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Grace. I'm 28 years old, and I'm an adult Irish step dancer. My name is Eva. I'm 48 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I am Rachel. I'm 35 years old, and I am an adult Irish dancer. Check us out online and connect with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com. 